comments that Bill Knight made in that speech. Um, you know, before the conquistadores arrived in um, what we would now call Central America, um, Mayan civilizations had many great cities. Um, were they great because of science? I, I think that, you know, it's it's very easy to assign science this kind of incredible, almost religious um, role in improving society. But I look around the world and I see different things than maybe Bill Nicey's. I see that human produced global warming, people say man-made, and maybe that's actually really appropriate in, in, in a variety of ways, um, has come from our burning of fossil fuels to, to use technologies that we've invented. And because of that, people, especially people in the global South, but also you know in the American South, are suffering because of the impact that this has had on our weather. And you know I remember how much time you spent in New Orleans after Katrina. And so for me, science is more complicated than that. I think that science by itself doesn't solve human problems. I think that humans make decisions about how science will be used. And sometimes it can get people killed, like in Hiroshima and Nagasaki. And that at other times, yes, um, you know, having clean water in the places that have access to clean water um, can be a game changer. And, you know, my hope is that, for example, Flint will get clean water. Right. Well, on that note, sad to say, Chandu, we are going to have to leave it there, but we'll need to have you back. We appreciate you taking the time with us today. Thank you. Thank you. I'd like to thank our guests, uh, Chanda Sue Prescott-Weinstein, the Sojourner Truth team. Today's show produced by Margaret Prescott. I'd like to thank our assistant producer and our engineer. If you'd like a copy of today's show, please contact the Pacifica Radio Archives at 1-800-735-0230 or go online to pacificaradioarchives.org. Thank you for listening. This is your host, Margaret Prescott. You're tuned into KBOO Portland on 90.7 FM and streaming on the web at kboo.fm. KBOO Community Radio holds open meetings concerning the operations and programming of KBOO in accordance with the requirements of the Communications Act of 1934 and certification requirements of the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Information about KBOO Community Radio's open meeting policy is available at our website at kboo.fm. Due to the temporary closure of in-station activity at KBOO, board meetings will be conducted online via public video conferencing unless otherwise noted. A public link and phone number to attend the meetings are available on our website. The KBOO Board of Directors meets the fourth Monday of the month starting at 6 p.m. Please visit our website at kboo.fm to verify if a meeting is being held. To deal with this problem of the two Americas, we are seeking to make America one nation, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. This Friday at 6 p.m., tune in to the last episode of Black History and Future Month series in honor and celebration of Black History here on KBOO Portland. Hey yo, this is Clipping. You're listening to KBOO. 
You are listening to KBOO 90.7 FM Portland, and this morning we have another radio zine. And today we have Tila Smith, who is a coordinator and volunteer director at the City Repair Project. And the City Repair Project, well, they have a very, very interesting and important project for our community. And Tila is here to tell us all about it and how you can participate if you'd like. Hi, Tila. How are you? Tell us about yourself and what are you doing here? Oh, hi. My name is Tila. I'm with the City Repair Project. And I'm here today because we are so excited that our annual village building convergence is happening in person this year. Not only is it in person, but it's going to be the biggest VBC we've planned with not only a 10-day stretch of fun activities, entertainment, workshops, and placemaking, but we're also going to extend it for three months this year so that we can do placemaking over the course of the summer as well as have some concerts and workshops, speakers coming in from out of town. And we're also leading up to the Northwest Permaculture uh, Convergence. Mm -hmm. So it's much more ambitious than what we've done in the past. Yeah, and what I, what I saw on the City Repair uh, Project website, which is cityrepair.org, yes. is, that, is that correct? Uh -huh. Yeah, cityrepair.org, if you need more information, is that, well, basically, you guys are saying, calling all volunteers, exciting times ahead. And it says right here, the City Repair is looking for volunteers, new and old, to join us as we move into the future. Um, uh, can you tell us about the, the three main opportunities that people have to contribute? There's something called T-Horse, and just uh -huh. t t tell us all about those opportunities. Well, the T-Horse, many people in Portland remember the T-Horse. It used to roam our city parks, distributing tea and community gathering space, cookies, friendship. And we had about a seven-year hiatus, and this last Winter Light Festival, we relaunched the T-Horse had an amazing comeback. We've spent the last six months doing a lot of repairs, repainting and renovations on it. So it looks amazing. And we are getting ready to relaunch um, an entire summer program. We're going to start going out every Monday to different parks, as well as taking the T-Horse to our placemaking events across the summer. So that's one way to get involved. A second good way to plug in is our Village Building Convergence. If you have any ideas or dreams, visions that you have wanted to bring a city repair project to your community, whether it's getting an intersection painted, building a cob bench, installing community gardens, revamping community gardens, repainting your intersections, if you are interested in doing any of these kind of projects with City Repair for a Village Building Convergence, right now is the time to get your um, application in. So you can go to cityrepair.org and go under um, Propose a Project. Our due date is this Saturday, but all you have to do is fill out the form giving us a general idea of what you would like to see happen in your community and then City Repair will take you through a three-month uh, three um, planning process where we have workshops every Thursday. The community is invited to come work on their project with us on a week-by-week -week basis so that by the time we actually implement your project, you have everything in line, you have your materials, you have your volunteers, 
you have your design, um, and you have your community support. So if you do want to do that, do get your project proposal in by Saturday. If it's a little late, we'll still work with you. But um, we'd really love to see as many people turn in their project proposals um, as possible. And um, can you help us understand a little bit better what a project proposal for city repair project would be in case somebody's wondering how, I mean, sure, there is a form on the website, mm -hmm. but is there any specific examples that you can give to our audience so they have a better understanding of what the proposal would be for this project? Now, some people come to us with a proposal that's as detailed as we want to build this bench that looks like this on this street corner. Some people come and just say, we know we need something to kind of repair our community and bring our community together. So we're happy to work with you um, at whatever place your proposal is at. And some people just don't have a vision, but they know they want to do something. And this is the way to make it happen. We're starting everyone at ground zero. So whatever kind of proposal you might like to, to propose is definitely welcome. It's kind of a community barn raising model that we have where we just bring the whole community together around each one of these projects to bring the energy and the enthusiasm to bring it to completion. And and this is something this is something that uh, is happening throughout all Portland. So it's not specific to certain neighborhoods? No, nope, all over Portland. We mm -hmm. have projects in um, the southwest, northeast, southeast, southwest, all over Portland, we've got um, proposals in already. We have proposals as far out as 127th and Burnside this year. And we have proposals in Multnomah Village um, in southwest Portland. And we're more than happy to support projects in Beaverton, Hillsborough, wherever you want to create community and help create a new connection with your neighbors. Because it's really never, at the end, it's not about a street painting and it's not about a cob bench. It's about bringing the community together to meet each other, build relationships, and work together to create something beautiful together that as a community, you can say, this is our home now. This is our place. We've done what this to... to I don't know. <laughs> just, mm -hmm. just, just to to claim your community, and um, so you would say it's a way of bringing our community, our town together. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a, um, a yeah, a place where everybody can come in, and we have kind of a better understanding that we're living in Portland together, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we're it's a beautiful thing because it happens all across the city, kind of simultaneously, and people come and support one another's projects. And through our uh, three-month workshop program, you get to know people all around Portland who have the same enthusiasm, the same dedication to just making Portland a little more fun, a little more whimsical, a little more exciting, and um, a little more united. And um, have you had any uh, projects, or is, is this part of what you do, um, supporting projects that uh, support environmental protection? Yeah, we do projects that um, help the environment. We've created food forests. We've done pollinator pathways. One fun and easy project anyone can do is rip up the grass and dirt out of the 
strip between the street and the sidewalk and replant that with pollinator friendly plants or food plants or whatever fun thing you want to bring into your community. That's amazing. And you mentioned uh, three month workshops. Is that um, uh, you guys? Uh, I know that you're going to have eight days of intensive workshops. That is that so? Uh, yes. So the, the yeah. three months of workshop before the VBC is every Thursday, and that's bringing all the projects. Someone from each project will come each week, gather information, whether it's about the permitting process, about how to connect with your neighbors and spread the information and promote your project, or how to get materials donated for your project so that you don't have out-of-pocket expenses. Um, each week is a different little snippet of how to move your project forward so that we move forward together. And then there'll be the eight days of intensive workshops and speakers coming from around the country to do presentations and we'll have um, entertainment activities, learning opportunities, um, place-making opportunities. But then instead of ending at the end of those eight days, every single weekend after that, there's going to be some way for people to plug into natural building, permaculture, and placemaking opportunities, both to learn and just to put your hands into making Portland better. That's awesome. And uh, uh, I'm, I'm assuming all these meetings are happening at uh, Bridge Space. Is that so? Yes. Bridge okay. Space is an amazing collaborative um space that many nonprofits are using right now and we utilize that space for our workshops our potlucks our meetings and in bridge space is at 133 southeast madison yes uh, would that be considered the mount Tabor uh, neighborhood i uh, know that's actually just under the hawthorne bridge near omsi oh okay not at all what i just said <laughs> <laughs> so 133 southeast madison again uh, under the hawthorne bridge that's uh -huh. what you said okay. just under the hawthorne bridge by omsi okay and uh i see that these meetings are happening on wednesdays at 5 30 p.m um the wednesday meetings are for volunteers for volunteers so anyone who wants to get involved in the kind of structural piece of city repair, um, helping make the VBC happen, helping make the T-Horse happen. Wednesdays are the best days to join us at Bridge Space from 5.30 to 7.30. Mm -hmm. And then the first Wednesday of every month, we actually have a big community potluck there. So if anyone is just looking for community and reconnecting with other activists in the community, um, those Wednesday, first Wednesday of the month potlucks are a wonderful time to turn up for that. And when we have a wonderful seed library, because we're encouraging people to start getting their gardens going and, and spreading new, new life. Well, that's amazing. Uh, first Wednesdays of the month uh -huh. uh, at Bridge Space. Mm -hmm. you, can, you can connect to the community, you know, connect to fellow activists, people that want to be, well, activists here in the community in Portland. First Wednesdays at Bridge Space. Again, that's 133 Southeast Madison. Mm -hmm. And we're talking to Tila Smith, who is a coordinator and volunteer director of the City Repair Project. And the City Repair Project is a very, very interesting, important, and super beneficial project that is happening right now. I'm, I'm assuming it's volunteer run. And, yes, uh, we're all volunteers. We have no paid staff at 
favorite yeah, bear. Which that tells you that this is this is a labor of of love. That you guys care about about putting all this stuff together and helping our city become uh, well better every day. We thank you so much. And the due date for for these uh, for for the application. Um, the due date is February 25th, which is this Saturday. If you would like to participate and you're not able to submit a proposal by then, just reach out to info at cityrepair.org and we'll work with you. So the email address is info at cityrepair.org and the due date for this application for you to send your, your proposal for City Repair Project to just add your touch to the city because you care about it, that would be this Saturday, February 25th. And um, wow, what a wonderful project. And I see, um, can you tell us a little bit about the placemaking projects? Uh, what, 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 is, what is that all about? Well, placemaking is what we call all, all the projects that we do. They all, the intention is to create a sense of place for communities. So whether it's a street painting or a cob bench or um, pollinator pathways, community gardens, those are all ways that we create place in our community to make everyone feel just a little more welcome and involved in their neighborhood as a group of people rather than just a grid of streets and doors to be behind. Mm -hmm. Well, that is wonderful. That is placemaking. And uh, for more information, you can go to cityrepair.org. And um, can you tell us a little bit about how City Repair was was born? Uh, it's it's a nonprofit. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming. Can you tell us uh, more about that? Uh, non uh, City Repair has been around since um, I think about '96, and it was founded by Mark Lakeman and a handful of other community activists who just wanted to start creating public gathering spaces because that's something that's so. Um, lacking in our society right now, the people being welcome to inhabit our own communities um, outside of just being part of the whole capitalist system. So, so City Repair started with the Sherritt Square, which is an amazing placemaking site that has a huge intersection that gets repainted every summer, plus has cob benches, a free library, children's play area. And just share it square is an amazing example of how placemaking has brought a community together and now they gather there all the time. I went to probably three or four different celebrations last summer where the whole community just floods into the street bringing food, bringing toys, bringing musical instruments, and just living and existing as a village together outside of their work and other obligations to just live as people, as humans. Well, that is wonderful. And I see that uh, on, um, <coughs> on your website. Uh, it says the City Repair facilitates artistic and ecologically oriented placemaking through projects that reflect the needs and visions of local communities in the natural world. That sounds amazing. Uh, do you can you give us any examples that you could remember if you remember examples of 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 this this mission statement by City Repair? Oh, every time all summer long last year we were out bringing people together. Um, street paintings were a big deal last summer built some cob benches, repaired some cob benches. Just every time we have any sort of an intersection gathering, we just 
reunite the village and you see so much joy and whimsy. And then once we have the tea horse back out, you'll see people gathering, hundreds of people in the park, just enjoying one another's company and enjoying whimsy and fun and play and all those things that we have to find time and make time for in our lives. So this is just a catalyst for people bringing those things back into their own lives. That's wonderful. And I'm, I'm interested in hearing about pollinator pathways. That seems to be, uh, well, one of, the main, one of the main ecological issues that we have uh, throughout the country. And it's wonderful to hear that there are people, there's at least one nonprofit, probably more, that are tackling this issue locally. Uh, can you tell us or give us uh, experience about pollinator pathways, the, any project that was concluded, and, uh, and, and your own opinion, your own expertise on how, how important this is for our environment? Hmm. Well, um, I haven't been involved with any of the pollinator projects personally, but I've certainly seen them around. A uh, really good example is over by the um, the St. Philip's Church. We've managed some swales over there that have a lot of beautiful native plants in there. That's always good to know that you know you can, if you want to participate in this, it's simple. Just uh, send your proposal. Um, it's the due date is this Saturday, February 25th, and on uh, the website is hitrepair.org. And uh, Tila, I'm talking, we're talking to Tila Smith. She's coordinator and volunteer director of the City Repair Project. And um, do you have anything else to share? Just just tell us whatever you need. You think the audience should know about this very very important local project. Uh, well, one of the things that's just so crucial to City Repair is we are not looking to fight the system. We're not looking to rebel against the system. We are looking to just work outside of it. We're, we don't need to be fighting against what exists. We work to create what we want to see. So we're really focused on just bringing people together to envision a better world and then take the action to create that better world. Because we all have lots of ideas, but until they're put into place, they really don't change much. So the work that we do is experiential, experimental. The work we do is very imperfect. We are very imperfect people just working together to heal one another and heal our planet locally starting right here in Portland. Bringing whimsy, bringing fun, and watch out for the tea horse. It's going to be all over Portland this summer. And we would love to offer each and every one of you a nice cup of tea and a cookie and some love. That's wonderful. So remember, cityrepair.org, your due date for app applying for a proposal to just add your touch to our town to make it better. That would be this Saturday, February 25th. And remember that um, meetings are happening for volunteers on Wednesdays at 5.30 at Bridge Space. That is 133 Southeast Madison. And the first Wednesday is the potluck Wednesday. So if you if you want to have a chance to, well, you know, meet and hang out with people that actually want to have the time to and want to make the time to add their touch to this to this project to make our town, our city better, maybe an example <laughs> for other cities, then then the first Wednesday is a place to go. It's the time to go. Uh, any any last thoughts? 
just come on out if you do want to do a project. We are having a potluck for projects this Saturday as well. So it will be at Bridge Space um, from 6 to 8. So if you do have a project, um, get it in, and we'll send you all the details about our uh, kickoff potluck. Oh, that's great. So there's a special potluck this Saturday. And uh, you said 6 to 8 p.m., so that's wonderful to know. Again, uh, we were talking to Tila Smith, who works for the City Repair Project. What a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, just get your application in, okay? All right, yes. <laughs> and thank you, KBU, for supporting City Repair. They've been always been an important part of the community for us. Thank you. This interview was conducted by Ender Black, Public Affairs Director at KBU. Howdy, everybody. I'm Rose Maddox, and I'd like to tell you that you're listening to KBOO in Portland, Oregon, the station that I listen to when I'm in the area. Hi, this is Kendall Boyson, professional life and recovery coach, and you're listening to Encouragementology, the practice of instilling hope. Hi there. Thanks for joining me. On this show, we are examining our experiences to find positive fuel that will propel us forward instead of painful memories that will hold us back. Do you feel stuck, limited by your circumstances, unsure of how to let go, learn, and move forward? We've all been there and may be struggling in that place today. Mariah is here to share her story and her light with us. I hope you'll share it with others. Your past does not define you. It isn't the end of your story, but the beginning. No matter what you're dealing with, you will be inspired by Mariah, a heart for hurting. Have you ever had a good idea? You know, that thing that sounds fun, creative, meaningful, profitable, passionate, that inspiring idea. What did you do with it? Do you still have it, or did you talk yourself out of acting on it? Maybe it was a fun idea or business venture, but perhaps it was your passion and your purpose. Maybe it's still burning in you, begging you to bring it to life. What's holding you back? Catherine Pulsifer said, Let your ideas and thoughts give you inspiration. All creativity comes from your imagination. You first imagine, and then you create. Meet Mariah, a beautiful soul who was challenged, shaped, and then motivated to make a meaningful impact through her experiences. excited. Today I have a guest with me. I'm excited to introduce you to Mariah Roan. Mariah, say hi to everybody. Hi, Kendall. I'm so happy to be with you. You are one of my favorite people in the whole wide world. Oh, well, that's the best way to start an interview, of course. <laughs> but Mariah is joining us for a number of reasons. I'm very, very inspired by her life and everything that she's done. And uh, it's just a great t chance to get together, kind of talk through some of her past and some of her present and kind of where she's going. She's been inspirational to me. We actually have a little history together. 
we're friends, we're soul sisters. But um, so I just wanted to introduce um, Mariah to kind of give you just my background. Obviously, she's got a big background that brought her to where she is today, but we're going to talk about that. Mariah is um, a certified alcohol and drug counselor, but that's not all she is. But we are going to learn about what the CADC means to her. It is a big thing in uh, a big need for us today. She has spent 225 hours on that certification. And that's really digging into not only patients that struggle with substance abuse, but also their families, inpatient, outpatient. There's a lot that goes into that. But Mariah is an entrepreneur and she's done all kinds of things. So we're going to learn about her current venture, what she's doing with her counseling, moving forward, how she's impacting people of all places, all stops on their journey. So Mariah, let's get started. And I just want to talk about why, why now? Like where, what brought you to here? Where, what led you to um, kind of where you are today? Just give us a background. Well, how long is your show, Kendall? <laughs> <laughs> we'll stay all day for you, of course. Yeah, like you said, I'm into a lot of things. But um, the CADC and counseling, that's a big part of my history. So um, a little bit of background. I grew up in a house with my mom, who was an amazing mother, but she also struggled with addiction. And uh, my dad was there, too. And he, he was just the biggest Christ-like influence on my life that I could have ever asked for. So um, my mom was strong in her faith too, but she definitely had her struggles. Uh, so growing up, I had very two very um, different paths to take. My dad didn't drink at all, and uh, I followed in my mom's footsteps for a while and definitely started out down that path. But as I grew up, I saw that that wasn't going to lead anywhere. So... I made a quick 180 and got into addiction counseling. That's amazing. So you actually saw that, you know, as a young woman, you know, obviously we're going to dabble around and do different things and push the barriers as we always do. Mm -hmm. And so you, you felt yourself going down that path. So you pulled back and decided to get uh, not only help for yourself and, and understanding for yourself, but to be able to help others. Absolutely. Yeah. It was um, not probably until my early 20s. You know, I was, my mom started drinking with me at a pretty young age and I had older sisters. So it was kind of just normal in our house, you know. And then my mom got diagnosed with cirrhosis when I was probably 18. Mm -hmm. And that kind of started to open my eyes. And then walking through that with her really had an impact on like okay what am I going to do here you know I, I see what this can lead to and is that the life that I want and um, about the same time I was graduating college and trying to figure out what I was going to do and God placed me in a supervised living site for people with mental illness and addiction and even though that wasn't what I had planned to go into kind of where I found myself and it really just worked out well because I was then able to help my mom during her um, end stages of cirrhosis. That's wonderful. How do you think, um, as you just mentioned, helping your mom, what do you think that that training did? Like, how did that change your relationship with your mom? And how were you there to support her that way? Oh my gosh, it gave me so much more empathy 
I had no empathy before for her. I was just, I did, I had no understanding of addiction. I didn't look at her as having struggles. I looked at her as, you know, why doesn't she ever remember what I say? You know, not recognizing that it was blackouts or, you know, looking at other people's moms and wanting the relationships that they had whenever, now in hindsight, I'm just like, wow, she was such a good mom in spite of her addiction. Like everything that she was going through, she 